Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Welcome and greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. Across from me is Joe McGranahan. He's okay. And our fabulous producer, Rob Center, is sitting on the other side of the glass. The whole thing brought to you by your good friends at the Sunbury Motor Company and on Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and on 4th Street in Sunbury. Be sure to visit the Quick Lane. You want to say something? <laughs> uh, I was going to say something. You ruined my little shtick. I know. I just thought it would be nice to have a yeah, change of pace. Well, you said exactly <laughs> the same thing I say. But I said it better. Oh, you said it better. <laughs> Who said it better? Come on, folks. You heard yesterday. Now you heard today. Who said it better? <laughs> All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Joe was 100% right about that. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. But... Include the keyword OTM. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, you're wound up today. Did you have extra coffee or something? No, no, no. We had a tree blow down in our backyard over the, the wind. Okay. And I had it Overnight? removed yesterday afternoon, and it was oh, fun yesterday. to watch them. Fun to watch them take the tree out. So you had fun watching the chainsaw workers work, and so oh, on. Oh yeah, they brought a big claw thing in that pulled the tree out. Oh, they had a claw the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, those claw things. They're pros. Fun. Okay. All right. So super claw people were there. What, <laughs> super what, claw people. <laughs> what else has happened? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Oh, it was nice yesterday afternoon. We were outside. The sun was shining. It was 55 degrees, 56 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yep. I said to my wife, if it had been 80 yesterday, this would feel like a nice storm. But since it was so cold, 55 felt pretty nice. Yeah, 60 today, 57 overnight low tomorrow. High 49, but then temperatures falling and then back to normal. No, 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 no. Don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're in denial. Not true. <laughs> hey, speaking of hearing it, we are going to have contact with Jeff McCausland, a CBS News military analyst, Gettysburg College instructor, U.S. military veteran, colonel in the U.S. military, and... Author? uh, Author, yes, absolutely. So, what's the name of his book? Battle Tested. All right. It's one of your favorite books, right? It is, about how lessons we can learn from Gettysburg in today's world. It's very, very good. Did you learn anything from the book? I did. I learned quite a bit. I I told Jeff that. I was very impressed. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Lance is on the line. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. You're the first caller of the morning. Oh, well, okay. Uh, Anyway, you know, when you think about Putin and the uh, dire consequences he's going to have, you know, if he uh, invades and all this stuff, well, I don't see anything we can really do to him because uh, he's really tight with the uh, other tyrant there in China, and they'll supply him with whatever he needs. I mean, they're right there. And only, well, it was, seems like days ago that they had uh, a one-on-one confab, and I'm sure what was discussed was what uh, 
you know, how can you help me if I do this? And then what he'll do is it sort of uh, sets the stage for the uh, CHICOMs to uh, go into uh, Taiwan. So, uh, a little harder to go into Taiwan than it would be to go into the Ukraine. Taiwan is, af- after all, an island. Well, yeah, but think of the overwhelming force that the uh, CHICOMs have. Uh, the reason why, uh, well, I read an article, and it was, was in the journal, so, you know, it, were not, it wasn't some, uh, uh, you know, yellow uh, tabloid, that's what I'm trying to say. And the reason why uh, Trump was very adamant about giving the Taiwanese the absolute best equipment that we had was so that the Chinese would say, well, you know, we're going to, uh, we know we can take them, but it's going to inflict some awful, awful uh, casualties on our side. And uh, it gets worse there really every day. Well, bear in mind, the Chinese have a lot of lives they can sacrifice, and they've shown that they can do it and will do it before. Well, remember what uh, Mao said by way back when, when they said, well, what about a nuclear war? They said, well, you know, if eight, eight out of ten of our people are killed, we still have enough to go con- conquer the world. <laughs> That's what he said. So, Must have missed that one. Very popular oh, quote. Well, is that a very popular oh, quote? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is. It's really a popular quote. I have it at the bottom of my emails. <laughs> so, oh, really? all right. Is, so, uh, okay. So, uh, you're on the growing list of individuals who say uh, President Putin's just going to march into Russia, and no, no, President Putin is in Russia. Uh, or yeah, yeah, march into Ukraine. Thank you. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, Taiwan's going to march into Taiwan, right? China. Is oh going yeah. To march thank into you. Taiwan. Just testing you. I'm testing you. This is a cognitive test. China's going to march into China. Right. Do I pass? <laughs> well, let's try the same with President Biden. See how he does. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be a call for that. Nobody wants President Biden to take a cognitive test like they did President Trump. Anyway, okay, Lance. What else? Well, um, I think it's really uh, quite tragic here in our country that uh, I think the way I could put it is in on our college campuses that Mao is revered more than Madison. And it's really true. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Where did you pick up this piece of intelligence? Well, you had, uh, what, that uh, CHICOM? One from Bucknell. What is this CHICOM reference? That Chinese you can... communists. Oh, oh, is that like a derogatory term? I believe that's sort of like calling somebody uh, a name. And, and like an N-word well, or something? But it's really descriptive. Chinese communist, Chinese communist. Yeah, I gotcha. five syllables. Chai com is two. Okay. I so think Lance prof- is being yeah. economical in his use of syllables. Gotcha. Okay. I'm in. I'm on board. I'm a Chai com guy. You know that. <laughs> okay. okay. So, um, and that's what Professor Chu said, was that uh, it more respected <laughs> than Madison on campuses? Well, he sure did. Oh, I, I, mean, I, didn't, uh, I didn't catch that, but he might have. Yeah, I didn't. When he said about uh, 800 million Chinese were brought out of poverty by the Communist Party, the only thing the Communist Party allowed was the capitalists to come in. And if I remember the uh, 08 Olympics, where everybody was really, really enthusiastic that the Chinese were, you know, going to come out of their uh, malaise of communism and maybe embrace some freedoms. But then that was before this uh, uh, really Mao clone 
they have now over there. Gee, uh, I read there about uh, Microsoft has sold them the technology to really take care of uh, tracking your people. Your cell phone, you better have it on or you're in trouble because then they'll know, you know, where exactly you are as a citizen. Right. So everybody in China has a cell phone? Every man, woman, child? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, wasn't it Chairman Mao who said, wasn't it Chairman Mao who said, let a thousand blossoms bloom? Yeah, a thousand, no, but 10,000. That was during the Cultural Revolution. You recall the Cultural Revolution? A tiny, tiny bit, I guess. Okay. And then when people came forth with their ideas, he killed them. People didn't agree with him. Okay. So this is it. Well, he didn't say where he wanted those blossoms to bloom. I guess it just wasn't <laughs> here on Earth. At the cemetery. Yeah, that's exactly where they bloom, too. That's for sure. But uh, if I could uh, have about another minute here. Um, it was a, a story about the uh, Chinese and the Japanese. You know, the head commanders were talking, and the, the uh, Japanese say we had a big battle, you know, last month in uh, 10,000 Chinese were killed and only 200 Japanese. Chai Kami nodded his head and that was another battle, you know, that where there was uh, 5,000 of the uh, Chinese killed and, you know, only a small amount. It went on like this. Finally, the uh, Japanese emissary, he said, uh, well, what do you think about all this? And the Chinese said, uh, soon there will be few Japanese left. So that's really their attitude, isn't it? People well, that that's a knee slapper if I ever heard one. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. Oh, wasn't it? It was an actual dialogue. It's history. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. I don't believe I the Russian and the, the Chinese and the Japanese spoke during World War II. They were fighting each other. Yeah. But other than that, okay. But other than that, if All they right. ever did talk, they may well have said what Lance said. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lance. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Glad to hear okay, from you. One, one more thing here. No, 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 no more no, things. No, okay. All right. Very good. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's all good. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our open phones. We'd love to hear from folks. We're right on schedule to take a quickie break, so we will do that. But uh, we're enjoying open phones. We can talk about the Russian-Ukrainian uh, crisis, as uh, Vladimir Putin says he's going into the two provinces in the Donbass region to provide security against violence there, so he's marching on another sovereign country, and so we'd love to hear from you on this topic. Maybe you have uh, lots of folks are happy with uh, President Biden's response so far. Some folks are not, so uh, either way, that's all fair game. Local issues, we have the superintendent of the Lewisburg Area School District saying they're going to have to do a, an assessment of all of the property needs at their elementary schools and middle school so they can determine what needs to be fixed soonest, sort of like a 10-year plan kind of thing that may be a homeowner or a business might do a capital improvement plan. Talk about that. Great sports news, too. Penn's okay. transgender swimmer, Leah Thomas, brought the national spotlight to the Ivy League championships over the weekend and left as a champion in three different races. Yeah, I saw that in the news yesterday. So she won every race she was in. Yeah, she won the 100, 200, and 500 freestyle events during the course of the week as she gets ready for the NCAA championships in March. She, she'd had a pretty good, uh, pretty good times. 
Okay. And of course, the other women, the, the women who were normally competing in this type of thing, they didn't do so well by comparison. Okay, and what did they say about her? Well, they said that she may have been holding back because she didn't want to specify, or Leah Thomas may have held back because she didn't want to make it apparent that her, her advantage was so great, having once been a male. And what does she say about this? Well, that's up in the air. We'll cover that when we get back from the break. All right, 1-800-795-9565. So we have a fabulous transgender swimmer exceedingly uh, fast in the water at at Penn, and the NCAA says this is the way uh, individuals who are transgender will compete. It is an inclusive sport, so this is happening there. Uh, We can talk about that. Of course, Russian-Ukrainian crisis. Uh, Lance had uh, uh, observations about the Chai comms and his uh, theory that uh, Taiwan is next. That seems to be commonly held uh, globally, not just in in the valley. So 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So, last month, Mark, the debate about transgender swimmers eventually reached the NCAA's doorstep. The governing body for college athletics announced its updated transgender participation policy, saying eligibility would be determined on a sport-by-sport basis. Hmm. If there is no national governing body for the sport, then the NCAA sport will follow the International Olympic Committee's policy. The NCAA said its policy would become effective in March, starting with the Division I Women's Swimming and Diving Championships. On February 1st, USA Swimming updated its policy requiring transgender athletes who are competing at an elite level to have small levels of testosterone, half of what Thomas was allowed to compete with, for at least 36 months before being eligible. Thomas's future in the pool, therefore, was immediately uncertain. All right. I, I hate to ask you to do this. Say that again. They are requiring, they updated their policy, uh, who are competing women, transgender women who are competing at an elite level, to have small levels of testosterone, half of what Leah Thomas was allowed to compete with over the weekend. Okay. Half of that. All right. And that must maintain it for 36 months before being eligible to compete. Okay. So this is in the future, not... That's what the policy will be on February 1st. Okay. As of Feb- on February well, 1st. It was on February 1st. Right. But she might be grandfathered in, so to speak, for this particular competition. Well, it said that her future in the pool is immediately uncertain. Okay, well, she did compete over the weekend with that higher level of testosterone, unless it, it depletes fast if you need to. Well, they're saying that you must maintain this lower She'd level for 36 it months. Somehow. Right. 
Well, I, that seems a, like a reasonable thing to me. Well, um, we have to do something, you know, and I, and I and I the reason I say that is I do wish that the sports are competitive and inclusive, and I don't want anybody who's trans, transgender to be excluded and to not be able to join in or participate or compete or you know to uh, to participate in these sports. You know, I think our whole goal as a society is to be more inclusive, but for some transgender women. They're, it seems as though they're exceedingly faster and stronger than some of the other women who are competing. Is that fair? I mean, the NCAA, as they're doing there, is going to have to do that. Testosterone seems to be at the crux of the matter, so let's you know, let, well, let them try that. We hear a lot of talk about equity. Where's the equity in allowing someone who was, at one point, a man, has those well, physical advantages? It's in question. <laughs> All right. You know, that's the heart of it. You know, I, I, I certainly want transgender individuals to be as included in our society society is humanly possible, but this may be an area where we do need some regulation in order to achieve that equity, uh, you know, this idea of trying to come up with a fair playing yeah. field for the other women. I think, uh, if are, are they testing testosterone for the, uh, well, we have one call waiting and another one coming in, yeah, are they we'll testing the testosterone for the other women who are competing as well? I think that that must be the benchmark. Okay. You know, would would a natural? I'm not that familiar with the genetics right. involved here, to be honest with you. So I don't know what level of testosterone would an average woman carry. Right. On her own. Well, I know some women have much higher levels. We think of a lot of the athletes that you see that you know obviously are more muscular, and some of that right. emanates from a higher testosterone level. But that's just their natural level. They are women, and that's what happens. For individuals who are transgender, that's another topic. Okay. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five one. Call ready to go. Another one coming in again. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. What would be right to happen with this is that uh, sex on the birth certificate is the sports that they compete in. That's what would be right. I don't understand where the women's rights people are allowing this to happen. They're denigrating women's sports. I don't care what those persons think they are. They're not. Well, and they are allowing uh, the NCAA to do this. I, I, I haven't heard any sort of a, I don't know what you're saying, this women's group or whatever it is. I haven't heard their remark on this. But women are able to participate if they're transgender, and this uh, testosterone thing is probably going to be, at least for now, that's the, that's the way it's going to be for now. That's a policy for the moment. Well, the US, USA Swimming, that's their policy. Mm -hmm. Whether the NCAA will follow that lead or not, they say they're going if there's no international body governing the sport, they will go with the IOC. All right. Well, Stan has an idea. That certainly is uh, sort of old school, but that's certainly common old sense. As it's kind of common sense, really. You know, if, if you're born a man, you compete on the man's team. If you're born a woman, I understand exactly why that makes perfect sense. I'm not arguing that that's the way it should be. I, I, I do think that the NCAA says, you know, <laughs> beyond what your birth certificate says, wishes okay. to say that we're going to be inclusive for uh, people who are transgender. They spend their lives knowing that they were born, let's see, in her case, a woman, but in a man's body, and then they're able to transition. Well, it's not funny. I mean, it's deadly serious. Suicide is one of the worst outcomes of transgender. That's not that well, what funny. About, what about the young ladies who are born women who spent their entire life training right. for this well, great there opportunity? Well, therein lies the equity that you brought up. Right, yep, and I so agree. there's no equity there. 100% in agreement. Uh, this has got to be resolved. If Testosterone is going to be the the way that they're going to do it. 
I guess you can suppress testosterone. That's uh-huh. there must be some okay. way. All right. I see ads on television all the time for products that increase it, so there must be some way to decrease <laughs> it. Well, yeah, there you go. Go all ahead, right. Stan. This guy was ranked in the four round four hundred and some when he was swimming in the college level. So he decided he couldn't compete at that level. So he becomes a woman and he goes to the top of the heap. That's what it's all about. He couldn't compete on the male team, so he had to become a female to compete. That's what this is about, and it's disgusting. Okay. So, do you if believe a, if a guy wants to become a woman, that's fine. He could go live as a woman if he thinks he needs to do that. But he shouldn't be taking spots from the females that have worked all their lives to get to the level that they're at. And then have him come in because of his ability, whether it's not good on the male team, but it's evidently better than just about every woman that he's competing against. It ain't right. Okay. All right, we got you, Stan. Thank you so much. Well, you know, there, there's got to be Thank an answer you. to this somewhere mm-hmm. up and down the road, I think. But maybe this testosterone is the answer, but we'll the find tests, out. Yeah, the t- level testing. Okay, we'll find out. Yvonne. Yvonne, thank you for calling in. Go right ahead. Yeah, Stan almost said everything I wanted to say, but they should have a separate area for transgender. It's not fair to the girls that tra- that train their whole lives, and now they're not going to get scholarships because he's dominating, the, and he is a he dominating the sport that would be like taking senior high school kids and putting them in kindergarten class and seeing who does the best in class who's going to win the seniors good point well Very yeah that point. is the uh, undigested meat here absolutely an yeah, unfair I mean, advantage girls i watch them be interviewed i think they should all just say we're not swimming and he won't have anybody to swim against and he'll win. It's ridiculous. <laughs> then he'd have all three medals silver gold bronze whatever yeah we'll let him but what is it going to mean to him it won't mean anything, and maybe they'll stop it. It's ridiculous. Well, and I think some of the women, and everything I know about this fits in a couple sentences, some of the women said, well, they're going to keep competing. They may not be able to beat her. I wouldn't. Her. I would say, I'm done. Let them, let them get out there and get all the medals. Right. Well, what they're, not, they're not quitters. A lot of people are quitters. They're not quitters. Well, well, they're going to they say, were? they're going to say, or what they said over the weekend, and this was in the Penn Media, is that they're going to keep competing and doing 100% level best if you want to say that she is a great competitor and she's faster than us, go ahead. We're just going to swim the absolute fastest we can. We're going to beat everybody we can in the pool. And if she's there and beats us, so be it. Go ahead. She's not a she, Mark. She's a he. Well, she's a transgender female. She was born a he, he's a he. Okay. And that's what's wrong with this world. We have two genders, male and female. <laughs> What, what if? Yep, what a lot if, of people believe let's that. Let's say let's, uh, there's there's a national uh, WNBA Women's National Basketball Association. Let's say LeBron James decided to become a woman and enter the WNBA, or some third ranked player would do that and then take away all of the all of the, the the gold or silver from the people who are actually striving to compete there. Well, that's a team sport. That would be a little bit different. Well, but in any really. event. No, no, it's no different, Mark. NBA is not a team sport. I see what you're saying. It is, but when you put males on the females, it's wrong. Right. It gives the uh, female team an unfair advantage, I can see. Well, yeah, that's the heart of the matter. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that this is a resolved issue because of the fact that some of the women that are transgender are are exceedingly fast in the pool or stronger on the track or, or, you know, whatever field. But this guy won nothing when he was a male. Is that true? Okay. So he turned to women's sports, which anybody who thinks that's okay needs a checkup from the neck up. 
the real question I would have, and I think Stan, our prior caller, brought this up. Um, he said if he chooses to live as a woman, go ahead and do that. I, exactly. I, what, what if, you know, I, I, the question I would have is, did he switch over to being a woman just because he wanted to compete there, or was this a real a real conversion on his part to the extent that you well, might believe that can be real? Transition, yeah. Well, Joe, he was losing in the male, so he switched to female. Now he's winning everything. And that's yeah. 100% why, why and that's the it. only reason he did so, in your view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right, thank you. Hey, thank Thanks, you so Ron. much for calling Thanks in. For calling. Always glad to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565, very important telephone number. You will need that in the hour ahead. We'll continue this conversation, and we'll talk about many other topics. i got to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15. They would like everybody to enjoy some equity when it comes to pricing of vehicles. They have fair pricing on everything, whether it's the Bronco Sport, Ford Rangers, F-150s. they got another truckload over the weekend. The Eco Sports, or Echo Sports, whichever it is, <laughs> Escape, Edge. You can get an F-250 if you want to wait a little bit. You can still get a Ford Explorer. I just drove in one of the sport ones. i tell you what, fantastic vehicles, fantastic prices, fair pricing at the Sunbury Motor Company. You can do as I did, drive a couple of rounds, see which one is perfect for you, and then do as I did. Settle on the Ford F-450 dump box with the dual axle in the back and a hydraulic dump box in the back that holds over 450,000 cubic feet of whatever it is that you need to haul around, plus a salt spreader. Put a plow on the front as a double cab. It does not have a sunroof, so you might have to cut a sunroof in the roof, but I'll tell you what, this is the nicest dump truck in town. Drove it about 8 feet, and, and now it's ready for the township. But I'll tell you what, they can do what you need to have done when it comes to vehicles. The Sunbury Motor Company, whether it's ordering up a special vehicle, can't get one this year, but next year you'll be able to get a Mustang Mach-E or a new fast Mustang or a Maverick or a full-size Bronco or a new Expedition. They'll take good care of you at the Sunbury Motor Company and they will get a vehicle to you of the type you want as fast as possible. SunburyMotors.com We got open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll hear from Jeff McCausland, special instructor at Dickinson College, U.S. Army War College graduate. Coming up, this is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across me and is adamantly opposed to almost everything I say. He's got his Fox funnels in securely. He used to have to be a natural born listener, but he's given that up in favor of just Fox and OAN News Service and News I don't even Max. Know what that is. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it is. You don't no even idea. know that it's one sided. So, uh, but yeah, we were talking about a transgender athlete who did exceedingly well in the pool at uh, the uh, Penn uh, swimming for the University of Pennsylvania over the weekends. Touched off a bit of a controversy or just reignited the discussion. So we can talk about that. Uh, Russian-Ukrainian crisis might be on the mind of some folks around here. At 9.30 this morning, we're going to hear from Jeff McCausland. He's an instructor at Dickinson College. I inadvertently identified him as somebody who uh, teaches at Gettysburg College, what is in fact true. 
true is that he visits Gettysburg regularly in the battlefield and leads tours, particularly in uh, the Fourth of July period, and uh, but teaches at Dickinson, West Point graduate, U.S. Army War College, a Carlisle instructor, a retired Army colonel, U.S. military, of course, and CBS News uh, uh, military consultant. So he'll be checking in uh, at the bottom of the hour. On the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company, please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Do as I do. Drive any of the vehicles there with permission. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. In the news today, Route 61 still blocked between Route 487 and Badman's Hill Road because of a crash that happened just before 5 a.m. this morning. State police conducting an extensive investigation. One person was hurt and taken to the hospital. No other details out from troopers on that crash. Northumberland County Communications keeping us up to date uh, saying that road's still blocked. A 77-year-old Milton woman is out $7,000 after callers said her grandson needed to be bailed out of jail. State troopers on Monday of last week said the victim was contacted via telephone by individuals claiming her grandson needed bail money. She was later met at her home by two men who received the money and left in a red vehicle. Those men were dressed in all black and had black face masks on. The woman is out $7,200 in cash. It's going to be an expensive summer at the Lewisburg Area School District as they do a property assessment to see what do the unmet needs as far as maintenance is concerned for their buildings. We haven't done a 360 assessment of the state of the buildings for over 10 years. For us, that's going to really tell us what we need to do to make sure we keep those buildings operational, warm, safe, and dry. And that's Dr. Jennifer Palinchuk, superintendent of the Lewisburg Area School District, speaking to the League of Women Voters of the Lewisburg Area. Kelly Elementary, Lindtown Elementary, and Donald Eichhorn Middle School are the places they'll do those assessments. 300 students walked out of class at the Bucknell University campus yesterday to protest what they say is an insecure campus and injustices at the hands of the university's uh, process of hearing matters that are brought by public safety or other individuals. One of the students uh, says, uh, told Penn Live, in my four years at Bucknell, I've watched so many friends suffer injustice, go through the proper process only to face more injustice. They have a series of uh, demands. The university says student safety is their top priority. Penn Live reporting there. Tensions in Russia and Ukraine leading to gasoline prices climbing. According to GasBuddy.com analysts, uh, they say gas prices are up four cents in the past week, 21 cents in the past month and 82 cents in the past year. In Pennsylvania, Sunbury residents can purchase a commemorative rifle that harkens back to the start of the lever action repeating rifles in the U.S. The Sunbury Semi-Quincentennial Committee says production is underway on the commemorative Henry rifles. They say a Colorado family business is manufacturing the guns. They own the stock and forearm and pistol grip are various images of Fort Augustus, Sunbury Fire Department Monument, Hotel Edison, and Sunbury Trolley, Bainbridge Street Bridge, and so on. You can see a small picture of those at WKOK.com, and the contact information for Sunbury 250 is there. As far as conversation on this particular program, we've talked about a group of truckers in the U.S. following in the footsteps of Canadian protesters in Ottawa. CBS News correspondent Scott McFarlane says that uh, one of the groups is going to start out in Harrisburg, PA. 
An organizer tells CBS News a convoy departs Scranton, Pennsylvania, Wednesday at 8 a.m., south on Interstate 81, then Interstate 83 to Baltimore, then they'll attempt to paralyze traffic on the Washington Capitol Beltway. The group says it's protesting liberal government policies. They say that includes vaccine mandates. Maryland and Virginia State Police tell CBS News they're monitoring and they are preparing for traffic disruptions. Right, to protesting various uh, disruptions. Scott McFarland uh, with that particular story. And you've heard that lots of folks who are working from home are still doing so under certain circumstances. A new study shows that the transition to working from home increased productivity. In fact, the average employee worked 15% more than before the pandemic, and that's just in the U.S. In India, the percentage goes up to almost 40%. Overall, men shifted their work schedules faster, and women tended to work more than they previously did. I certainly would believe that. We see that here, where folks log in on the computers earlier and work more from home when they were doing that. Uh, Rob did some work from home recently. I mean, he was clackety-clacking all day long. And then you see him logged in again at night. So I think... uh I think that's true. Well, actually, it's like this show. A lot more goes into it than just us walking right, in the yeah, door you think, and sitting down. Yeah. Not much more, but <laughs> some more. For example, <laughs> um, we turn the air conditioning on. on. Right. Okay. All right. Yep, that's it. And the rest of we, the, the, Joe we and I just, a lot. Joe and I just happen to have all this knowledge top right. of the mind at all times. All right. 1-800-795. No study required. Right. No preparation. Don't read six newspapers or anything. Uh, one of our listeners says, Mark, 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 the Chaikom reference came from Rush Limbaugh. He coined the phrase Chaikom for communist Chinese. Right. And one of our emailers says an article came out the other day with the other female Penn State swimmers complaining about Leah Thomas that she makes no effort to hide her male genitalia, which she still has. Now, there is a statement one can't explain every day. All right. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Bob, what's your view on this? I uh, disagree with the comment that testosterone levels are the measure. Testosterone levels vary too much, and they can be very easily manipulated. Uh, Testosterone actually breaks down and becomes estrogen. That's why some males develop breasts. Poor guys, I pity them. I think the most accurate measure of a person's sex, well, look at their birth certificate. That would be one thing. Or ask uh, Joe Biden. He knows more than 60 different sexes. Uh, But uh, the most accurate measure of a person's sex would be to measure their DNA. Take a simple saliva swab and determine genetically what sex they are. X or Y chromosome. Okay. So, uh, and including people who say they are transgender is not a priority. Just the birth certificate, that's all you need, or, you know, this identified sex at birth, that's all you need, end of story. Yeah. There are only two sexes, male and female. In the Olympics, there are males and females. The trans people or the handicapped people should have their own Olympics, and that's for them only. Well, yeah, you hear more about that. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say this has any momentum, but you do hear more about having some sort of a separate league for individual uh, pe- transgender women. Uh, you do hear more about that. Uh, this testosterone thing is news to me, but Joe said that's, that's the thing now, so they're trying to do that. 
And so, uh, yeah, I, I'd consider this unresolved. The NCAA says this is the beginning of the resolution. So, yeah, I don't disagree with you on your comments. I certainly know that a birth certificate dis- describes X and Y, and or a male or female, and that is a way to determine. But uh, there's more to it than that. You, you have known men who were very effeminate, and you have known women that were very masculine. So therein lies maybe one of the elements that we're talking about. And, uh, you know, testosterone or hormone levels might be part of the discussion. But I think a lot of it is that people feel as though they are a, a man in a woman's body or vice versa. And that's a, it's well, you a, do realize it's a mental health and behavioral concern. That the fact that somebody bec- who, who is not able to compete at uh, an elite level, using the NCAA's term, an elite level, they, as a man, they suddenly become a woman, and now they can compete at an elite level. It certainly raises some suspicions, don't you think? Well, that's why we're having this conversation. Right. I consider it unresolved. NCAA says this is part of the solution, which is better than before. Up to now, they said, no, you come to us uh, presenting as a woman. You know, Bob, that's that's who they were going to compete. You know, this testosterone test, which you say is uh, not ideal either, um, that's a new you know, not a solution, but a new method of trying to make some sort well, of a, a helpful determination. What is the criteria? Maybe, maybe Bob, you have an answer. What is the criteria for someone who decides that they uh, the sex they're in isn't the sex they were meant to be? Is there a standard? <laughs> Should there be a standard of things they must do or accomplish before they can be recognized as what they want mm-hmm. to call themselves? Well, I'll stand on my DNA comments as being the ultimate uh, conclusion, in fact, about what sex they are. We have a few individuals who want to rock the boat. It's sort of like the tail is wagging the dog, and I really don't like that when a minority, super minority group of people want to say, no, I'm on the other side. That's crazy. Okay. All right, we got well, you. I can Bob. see your point. All right, well, thank you so much. But it seems oh, to me right. that there should be some some level of requirement before. I mean, I shouldn't not be able to just say I'm a woman, and walk into ladies' restrooms <laughs> and compete right. in women's sports. <laughs> I mean, there should be some things I should have to do. The one one of our emailers points out that apparently Leah Thomas still has equipment associated with being a man, and makes no effort to hide it, according to what story she read. So, I mean, should there be some physical or um, medical requirement that that they have to fulfill before we take them seriously. Yeah, you just uh, uh, use the DNA as the primary determining factor, and let's stop having the tail wagging the dog because a few people want to just be different and yet the same as somebody that they're not. Come on. That's crazy. Right. Well, the Fair world's enough. trying to get more inclusive, so <laughs> the more we include, the more individuals, the more people <laughs> who say that they're you know not, can't be defined just by chromosomes, um, the more accepting we are, but then we have, as you have aptly pointed out, the more issues we that arise. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate take it. Take care, Bob. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. And Doug says, yes, Mark, some transgender women are faster and stronger than the actual women because they are men. You can call a guy a woman all you want. It doesn't make her one. Notice we don't have issues with women competing in a male sport because they can't compete with males. That's not a knock against woman. It's just the way God made us. He created male and female and made them different. And yes, Mark, a lot of people believe that there are only two genders because there are only two. This crap is getting so ridiculous it's not funny anymore.
anymore. If someone wants to pretend they are the opposite gender, go ahead, but don't expect me or any others to give in to your lie. Signed, Doug. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. All right, we got you. Lots of folks agree with Doug. Uh, who thinks that maybe uh, more inclusion or allowing people to compete or allowing transgender? Is there anybody out there with uh, the other, the rest of the story on this other than me? Call us now. If not, we'll move on. We have other things to talk about. And we have uh, Jeff McCausland at the bottom of the hour, of course. So let's take a quickie break. Uh, we need somebody to call and defend a transgender. I'm tired of it. I'm not going to do it anymore. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, uh, start start in the lower right corner and okay. go counterclockwise. The transgender stuff is going too far. Non-binary identifying male sleeps in camp cabin with fifth grade girls. I'm not familiar with that story, are you? No. And then the reason most true female athletes don't complain about trans women competing is because the radicals will label them as transphobic. Yep, that could very well be. I I think uh, people often don't want to speak out. The Penn girls who are on the women's swimming team did not say much other than they really focused on their own performance, and that's it. Well, and then Doug says again, FYI, the transgender swimmer who is currently the top female swimmer was ranked number 462 when he identified as William Thomas. Right. Well, that's uh, fortunate. You know, I'm going to say fortunately, that's why there's this big outcry, because this has got to be resolved. It obviously is not fixed yet. Al, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, thank you. Uh, maybe they ought to obligate themselves, and, and uh, if they don't want to be a man, become a eunuch. Isn't that the right term for a man without genitalia? Uh, that sounds right it's to me. Kind of biblical, yes. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Then they, then they, you know, no threat sleeping in the cabin. Uh, no threat in the locker room where somebody's not afraid to hide it. I would be afraid I'd be in the locker room and it would give me away. You know what I mean? With all them other swimmers and stuff, and they're all being female, and me being in the male persuasion. Oh, I don't brother. know. That, that little guy might think on his own. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Well, there's an image we'll no, carry with be, us all day didn't long. did they do that back in the Roman days when they wanted uh, the men to take care of the women? Uh, is that where that came from, that term, eunuch? Mm, oh, it goes back farther than that. It's a biblical issue. Yeah, it's kind of biblical. Um, so maybe that's the way they dealt with it. Well, in I the thought past. it had to do I with. I That would really. That would really obligate them. I mean, that would you you know, there's no turning back at that point. Well, 
you know, I, supposedly that had to do more with uh, the definition is a man who has been castrated, especially in the past, one employed to guard the women living in areas in the Oriental Court. That's where I thought it originated, not biblically, okay. but in, okay, the in the Oriental Orient. Courts. Yeah, well, they're pretty sick. I didn't think that would be that part of that. But uh-huh. they do mention them. All right. Anything else, sir? Uh, I, I just wonder how much obligation they would have at that point if they knew that was the terms. Well, it seems to me that there should be, be some kind of a standard that, that is required before you that allow someone to declare themselves to be a sex that they aren't. So, Yeah, and if that would be my standard if you want to go for the big-time records and the big... It's what the doctors did to me with prostate cancer. Testosterone feeds prostate CA. The drugs were Eligard and X, Xtandi, both very expensive. My That's test- it. No. Was, was was low. My testosterone was so, so low. low. That's okay. it. All right. 1-800-7... Oh, uh, scratch that. Don't call that right now because we're going to get uh, Jeff McCausland signed up uh, shortly. So he'll be on the line. They're going to talk about the Russian-Ukrainian crisis. And we'll revert back to open phones after the bottom of the hour. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. We'll be right back. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity from CBS News, unbeknownst to Mr. McCausland, Dr. <laughs> Jeff McCausland. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, he happens to have uh, some time free this morning, so he's going to talk to us anyway. CBS News military analyst, founder and CEO of Diamond Six Leadership and Strategy, instructor at Dickinson College, and visiting professor, retired colonel from the U.S. Army. And author. And author, yes, you and your leadership book. <laughs> That's his leadership book. Right, I yeah, I know, it. but Joe Joe loves that book. Battle so, tested. Right. Get it. <laughs> Are you going back to the Gettysburg battlefield in the in the months ahead by the time July rolls around? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm going down to the battlefield uh, in early March. <clears throat> I've got a group of executives coming in from the great state of Washington, so we'll take them down to the battlefield to spend a day and, and basically along the lines of what you talked about in battle tested, use that as a vehicle to talk about leadership insights from the uh, battle that are as enduring today as they were then. So you guys should pack up and come down and join us. (laughs) I'm tempted if you tell me the date. (laughs) Joe's packing up his carpet bag. Hold me up, Joe. I'll give you the details. Okay. We have your email, so we'll send you a note. Yeah, thank you for that. Okay, well, let's Russian-Ukrainian crisis. Uh, President Biden, a month or so ago, said even a minor incursion would uh, be uh, unacceptable. This is more than a minor incursion. Now, uh, give us your analysis of the state of affairs at the moment there. Well, the situation continues to worsen without question. <clears throat> and what we've seen happening over the weekend were two things. One, where the Russians announcing that the uh, training, so-called training exercise they had ongoing in Belarus with Belarusian forces to the north of Ukraine, which involved 30,000 Russian troops, would be extended. And those troops would, in fact, stay after the deadline of 20 February, still poised to attack the Ukraine from the north. Also, over the weekend, we saw a dramatic increase in violation on the ceasefire line that separates the so-called rebels in these two provinces, Donbass and Luhansk, from Ukrainian forces, and artillery and mortar attacks on targets uh, in the Ukraine, uh, killing at least one Ukrainian soldier and injuring another. We saw one uh, mortar round or artillery round striking a, a uh, child care center in the Ukraine. And then over the weekend as well, on Sunday, was this rather fiery speech by Vladimir Putin, in which he talked about two things, that 
Russia was now going to recognize these two provinces, uh, Luhansk and Donbass, as independent countries. The People's Republic of Donbass, for example, uh, this area has about three and a half million people, and over the last eight years or so, about 700,000 of them have been issued Russian passports. And then he went on to direct his Ministry of Defense to send in, quote-unquote, so-called peacekeepers to establish the peace in this area and signed agreements with these two, quote-unquote, independent statelets uh, that Russia would provide them assistance, military assistance, security, etc. And now Russian forces are moving into these particular provinces. Now, frankly, there have been Russian forces in these areas ever since this rebellion began at the end of the civil, or at the end of the revolution in Ukraine in 2014. And people forget that it was a Russian missile fired from a Russian launcher, probably by a Russian crew from this area in 2014 that brought down a Malayan airliner and killed over 200 innocent civilians. So the Russians have been there. Now they're just there more clearly and more openly. And the question then becomes, will this be uh, where this all stops? Or is this now then going to be a precursor and a launching pad for Russian forces to attack the rest of Ukraine over the next couple of days? Jeff, yesterday uh, Putin spent a lot of time on Russian television talking. He had his staff with him, and he apparently got into a rather uh, testy exchange with his na- with the equivalent of his national security director. And it led to a story I saw on a couple of media outlets this morning that you know some of the generals and some of the people in his administration aren't necessarily on board with this. Is that unprecedented as far as you're concerned, that something like that would be out in the open? A bit unprecedented, though we have seen some of that over the last few weeks. The most notable was a retired Colonel General by the name of Ivashov. The Colonel General would be a four-star general equivalent. And he wrote a rather fiery letter and had it published on the website of a not insignificant uh, organization of retired Russian military officers, saying that you know invading the Ukraine was crazy, that, that Russia has, that Russians' problems are basically internal, which are we have got a declining population. We have to redo our, our economy, which is dependent solely on extraction-type uh, aspects of the economy. We have climate change issues. Our economy is not growing, and that's where our problems are, not, not the Ukraine. That's not a problem, okay? So there has been some sense of disquiet, uh, but obviously in Russia, not very open, because the other thing Mr. Putin has done now, pretty successfully over the last several years is stamp out really any formal dissent to his rule across the country. Well, Germany this morning, the chancellor announced that he was going to, in response to all this, going to shut down, for at least temporarily, the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, is this a serious threat to Putin and to the Russian economy, or is this just a precursor to what we're likely to see? Well, I think it may be both. I mean, it, it certainly is a threat to the Russian economy. This particular pipeline once it opened, would would literally double the amount of oil and natural gas that could be exported to uh, Europe, to Germany, from Russia, and therefore it was going to be a a pretty big economic bonanza for the Russians. Though people will say on the one hand, well, this provided the Russians or the Russians leverage over the Germans by being able to turn off the spigot and therefore deprive Germans of oil and natural gas. I think about 30 percent of their energy comes from Russia and drive up prices, that's a possibility. But on the other hand, there's leverage in reverse, and that is, of course, if that is shut off, as it appears to have been now, that net deprives Russia 
of enormous revenue. And those revenues are primarily what the Russian economy is all about. Again, the Russian economy is an extraction economy based on oil and natural gas primarily. I mean, caviar, vodka, and now I've run out of the things that people usually buy that are Russian. So it also has leverage with them <laughs> as well. Uh, and this is a precursor, I think, of, of significant sanctions that we're going to see coming into place that are going to affect the you know, technical industries, banking, etc., uh, across Russia, and the, even the average Russian is going to feel it in their wallet. Is this perhaps the end now that uh, he's got the two provinces in the Donbass region with more soldiers going in there? Could this potentially be the end of that? You said that that's, that is where we're at, but is it possible that'll be the end of this Ukrainian crisis? It, it could be, but I frankly doubt it. I mean, the parallel, of course, might be Georgia 2008, similar war, smaller country, Russians moved in, occupied two provinces, Abkhazia and South Ossetia, and then their war came to a conclusion. And, and those two places, by the way, I'm sure you, you all know this, are, are independent countries recognized, I think, only by Russia and Nicaragua as independent countries, South Ossetia and Abkhazia. Um, so they, he might do that. But I think he has put, positioned the force far beyond what would be necessary for him to move in and just occupy these two statelets. Uh, and, and I formally fear that what we're going to see this as a precursor now, an excuse, Russians will argue that the Ukrainians are attacking these two now countries that we have pledged to support. They are committing genocide on uh, Russians. And, and that is the narrative that has been going on, going on for weeks, by the way, on, on Russian media. That's the steady diet of information a Russian is getting and use that as a pretext then for a more formal invasion, which will seek to bring down the government uh, in Kiev in Kiev, and uh, position a government there that is more to Vladimir Putin's likeling and more subservient, obviously, to whatever Moscow directs. If there were to be a diplomatic solution, what would it include? What w- could it entail? You know, what does the world have that he wants? That's the $64 question. I mean, we had hoped that uh, the absence of a lot of economic sanctions, that that would be a deterrent effect, might move him. That doesn't seem to be working. Uh, some degree of negotiation about transparency measures about U.S. and NATO forces positioned on along his borders in a reciprocal fashion with the Russians. A lot of things that I worked on in the Pentagon and the White House might be to his lack interest, or an agreement once again to resurrect the intermediate nuclear forces treaty that talked about preventing the deployment of, of, of shorter-range missiles on European territory that could strike the Russian Federation and vice versa. Those were the kind of things that were talked about, or even perhaps at the extreme NATO announcing that there was going to be a moratorium placed on admissions for a, a number of years, because there's really no likelihood in the short term, meaning the next five years, under the best of circumstances, that Ukraine would join NATO. But again, all those things have been talked about and really have not elicited what I think is much Russian interest in negotiation uh, beyond somewhat of a facade. So I'm fearful that uh, the diplomatic effort now is at best a glimmer. There's been a lot of talk, Jeff, about personal sanctions against the oligarchs and against even the family members of the people in the Russian administration. That would, I think, be pretty unprecedented. Can you can you speculate on what form that might take if it happened? Oh, sure. Well, that could be, you know, a lot of it would depend on our British friends, quite frankly. As somebody once said to me, when it comes to 
Russian money laundering. London is a laundromat. Um, so the, uh, these oligarchs have positioned vast amounts of money in, in London and British banks. Secondly, of course, they, they purchased large-scale properties in Mayfair and lovely areas like that, put their kids in British colleges and universities. So simply the exposure by saying, here's a list of all these oligarchs, here's how much money they got in, in your, your bank here in, in, in uh, Great Britain, here are their properties they own, uh, and then, by the way, slapping them with, we're going to freeze your bank account, we're going to cancel your visa so you, don't, so you don't get to come to your luxurious apartment here in London, and by the way, it looks like your child's not coming back to Oxford University in the fall, thank you very much, which would slap those oligarchs pretty hard. And those are the only people, really, that Vladimir Putin answers to. And, and we're not even sure to what degree they have control. He's a much more unitary actor. I think we need to understand this. Even then, the Soviet leaders were back in the height of the Cold War, who had to some degree acknowledge and gain support to the Politburo, this committee of communist leaders that surrounded them. They, so whether you're talking about Brezhnev or Andropov or Chernenkov or all those guys, they still had to get some degree of support from the Politburo. Putin's a much more solitary actor, and that's one of the worries right now, uh, because during the pandemic he has really isolated himself. So how many people directly interact with him regularly has really been an open question. Well, thank you so much for your analysis. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Joe's going to see you in the months ahead. <laughs> okay. And uh, we're going to go from there. But thank you again, yes, Jeff. Thank Thanks you, Jeff. for all your uh, observations. Take care, guys. Take care. Thank you. That's Jeff McCausland, CBS News military analyst, uh, instructor at Dickinson College, Professor Dr. Jeff McCausland, private consultant, U.S. Uh, Army colonel, retired, and he's got an extremely long resume at CBS.com. I invite you to check it out. Highly qualified to be talking about that. He knows his that stuff. We discuss. Right. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We'll flip back to open phones. We have uh, an opportunity here to talk about, uh, we talked about trans gender topics earlier and an exceedingly fast swimmer who's transgender and uh, lots of folks were happy to point out that they don't buy it so we could uh, I had asked for anybody who wishes to speak in favor of transgender athletes to call so nothing there uh, we have uh, one email that relates to the Russian Ukrainian crisis we can read that one email that relates to uh, I think that's probably the transgender topic so we'll read that one text but we'll take more comers so one 800 795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.
Welcome back to On the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. That's our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. But be sure to include the keyword OTM. Program brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. And one of our listeners says, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has issued an order to halt the process of certifying the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. Well, welcome to the brave new world where Europeans are very soon going to pay uh, two euros per one gallon or one cubic meter of natural gas. Two thousand euros for one thousand. Two thousand euros. Okay, so well, there's not a comma there. There's a period. That's oh, okay. Well, in any event, <laughs> Dmitry Medvev, Medvev sent that out this morning. That's Good old a tweet. Dmitry. Yeah. So, s- a Russian government official tweeting <laughs> us. All right, we appreciate that. Uh, on the transgender topic, one of our listeners sends this Says, message: a man rapes a ten-year-old girl when he was eighteen, convicted at twenty-six, but identifies as a woman put in a girl's juvenile facility to serve his sentence. This is madness. All right. Thank you for that. And Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call and really appreciate uh, the uh, speaker you just had on. Uh, a transgender certainly an important topic, but folks, we're, we're on the precipice of what could be a major war going on, and I think we really need to talk about that. Um, Putin, as we know from much time, is nothing but a bully, right? He's a bully, and now he's got the uh, the biggest club uh, coming out, and uh, the only way to deal with a bully is to take him head on. So uh, I believe our president is looking at sanctions, and sounds like he has the backing of at least part of Congress. Uh, but the interesting part of what the, the uh, your gentleman had on was talking about those families. Are, is, what we're really talking about here is, isn't it really the uh, Russian gangs and the uh, Russian mafia, so to speak, who've kind of been running things lately? Isn't that what we're talking about? Those folks in uh, London with owning all the property and everything? He's talking about the oligarchs, the people who have all, that, all the money in Russia, who apparently Putin has to listen to. Right. So I, I think that's, 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 that's the way of going about this. Uh, gangsters don't care about legacies, right? Putin is doing this, I believe, because he wants his legacy as the premier to say, hey, I brought the Soviet Union back together. He wants a legacy. Gangsters don't care about legacies. Gangsters don't care what Putin's legacy is. He crosses them, and they start hurting, and I believe they'll take him out as they take out other people. And so I think that's our policy. I believe get the Brits to start cracking down on the money streams and uh, cutting off the money to those Gangsters who are the true power in, in, in Russia now. I mean, you're about the Politburo, but and that used to have some weight, I guess, back in the 60s and 70s, I remember. But it sounds like Putin is now nothing but a dictator. And, but if the, uh, the gangsters go after him, I think that's what we have to do. And I think that's the uh, – uh, is, is it a popular diplomatic solution? No. But when you're dealing with, a gang, you're dealing with uh, bullies and gangsters – you got to get to their level, and until you kick them in the pocketbook, they're not going to respond to diplomacy because they don't care. Isn't they don't it, care. Isn't it just as likely, Eric, that the oligarchs might close ranks behind him and say, hey, we're not going to let these people push us around? No, because gangsters don't care about things like that. They care about the money. And you start kicking them in the pocketbook and they don't get their money, that's when they react, and they react violently outside of the law. And if the true power is, if they start losing their, their bottom line, they don't give a damn about Putin and his legacy. They're worried about the money. Well, you may have a point there, but 
you know, I, I think it's probably a bit more complex than that. I mean, there's certainly national pride here in this country, and I'm sure there's national pride in Russia. But I will concede to you that I saw a number of interviews this morning of people on the street in Russia who are having some second thoughts about whether or not this is a good course of action for their country to be pursuing. And that surprised me. Right now, me. Russia, Russia's not in a good place economically. I mean, they are still reeling from, from the time the Soviet Union fell apart and so forth. Their economy, unfortunately, is, is, is really run a lot by these gangsters, from what I understand. Right? So it's almost like the Roaring Twenties in the so, some, some respects. And if their government is putting all their, and let's face it, to put 150,000 troops and all, all the money in the arms and everything, that means the money is not going into other programs. And, but the Russian people, of course, under a, a dictator, what kind of voice do they have? Right? But the gangsters, I think, have the power, and if they start getting hurt economically, I really think they'll, they'll, they'll knock him out one way or the other. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. Appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. Oh, interesting point. 1-800-795-9565 is the open line. We're talking about the Russian-Ukrainian crisis. Uh, how far will Vladimir Putin go? How dark a figure of history does he wish to be remembered as? Does he want to be remembered as somebody who uh, violently seized back two or three elements of the Russian Empire back in the day? Well, after Jeff McCausland, we're fortunate to have Dale on the line, who will probably set us straight. Dale, <laughs> what's news? Yeah, I just came to the conclusion, you know, I think between China and Russia is just trying to help us contain the prison. That's all. It's a one-world order. They're trying to make sure that uh, the prison riot don't happen. What so, prison? What yeah, What prison riot? The Earth. It's a one-world order. So Earth yeah. is a prison. Yeah, we can't get out of the Van Allen belt, basically. That's what it is. Oh, the Van we, we're, Allen belt. We're, we're, uh, we are a very dangerous species, I think. That's all it is. I just believe that uh, China and Russia is part of the one world order, and we're make, trying to contain all the prisons. So they ain't a prison break. Only people who have freedom are the people who are elected and really high up. The higher up of the government, the more freedom you got. What do you so suppose? What would happen if there were a prison break here, Dale? Well, I, it's already being contained with through social media and. Uh, Everybody's being monitored, too. I think the vaccination with Bill Gates going over in China in uh, 2016, they started pumping out this biological tracking system. So I think that everybody got vaccinated, basically, has been tracked. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, when the world order was a big deal. And What's that have to do with so, the Van Allen bill? So we're, giving, we're going to give Taiwan to China, and we're going to give Ukraine to Russia, and that's just part of the deal because... I mean, if there's three people controlling the planet, they got everything under control. Can you believe that? Who are the three? Which three? Russia, China, and America. Okay. America. Those are, they're going to shore up the whole planet. That's all it is. Okay. I don't know. I mean, if you look at it, who's the only one with freedom? People who are elected. The Bar they Association. Do, I no, believe they tell you to do something, but then they go ahead and do the opposite. I believe so. the Bar Association has freedom. They own the Van, oh, that's, Van that's Allen belt. Tool too. That's a tool, too. So, right. I mean, it's a leather basically, belt. the world order was, was the fear of the prisoners going to uh, riot. And that's the whole thing of the one world order. It was established 50 years ago, 40 years ago. They knew the population was going to get out of hand. They're all animals. 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 That's it. Bunch you of get, filthy you animals. Gotta you got to sedate them. You got to sedate them. So basically get your vaccination. All right, we so got you. So the vaccinations... Did the elected officials are not vaccinated? Did they tell you to stat on that? Did they tell anybody to stat 
on how many elected officials are not vaccinated, how many senators and how many congressmen. You'll be shocked. We're not supposed to report that, Dale. The, the Bar Association told yeah. us no reporting they don't tell of that. You that. They don't tell you that. Well, they tell so us, but we man? can't report it. It's a secret. Well, our CIA representative yeah, yeah. won't let us talk about it either. We so. are in a prison planet. I mean, only if the prison, only way uh, the leaders lose their freedom is if the prisoners riot. That's just like a regular prison. That's what happens. Will you be yeah, leading so the riot? You know, that big convoy ain't going to happen in Washington because they control social media. They're going to shut it all down. Everything's controlled. Are you leading the revolt? all this lip movement you guys do... Oh, he's revolting. All trash. All the the lip movement you guys do is all trash. You have no ears. Are you leading the revolt, Dale? Are you you personally leading this revolt? No, I'm watching the jokers. I'm watching the prison guards trying to contain these people. Well, what's your role in this? What do you see Uh, yourself doing? I'm I'm trying to wake this up because... Basically, the only people with freedom is elected people. That's okay. it. They tell you what to do, and then they'll do it. So all that lip jabberish, nothing's being solved. Nothing. nothing. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks for so enlightening us. remember, Taiwan, after Biden goes on American TV and embarrasses our, our country, and he mentions the one world order. Oh, we got a call waiting. All right. Thank and you so much. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, thanks, Appreciate Dale. your call, as always. Uh, okay, Dick, go right ahead. You're on the mark. I'm going to make this really quick. I've listened since it started today, and then and then and then I just have a deal. Now, Dick, please explain to me why I listen to this. Why Why am I listening to this show? Because you this love program. it. You love it. It's like a drug. You can't undo it. You can't stop. I'm just trying to figure out. If- after listening to Dale, is there any hope for mankind? <laughs> well, you heard Jeff McCausland. You can't hear that every day. That's deep I, analysis. No, that, that was, that was worth, worthwhile. But yeah. then I hear this, and I'm thinking, what in the name of sense? Why am I wasting this hour of my day? You know, I'm 78 years old. I don't have that many hours left. <laughs> well, you have 20 more years. Let's get that out of the way. Put this in perspective. I don't have that many more. And I'm going to tell you something kind of cute. Do you realize the last time it was... Two, two, all the twos was in uh, February 22nd, 1922. Two, two, two. Right. My mother was born on that. My mother had been 100 today. That was her birthday. Oh, how about oh, that? Wow, what do you know? Isn't that unbelievable? I never that even is... thought about it until they, they mentioned the two, 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 all the twos there. Yeah, this yeah, is I, the uh, second time my father's been around for two, 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 two. I had to write a couple of checks this morning, and I realized I, didn't, I hadn't really thought about it up to that point until I looked down and saw all those twos on the check. <laughs> Well, you guys just had a two-year-old one, anyhow. <laughs> oh, come on now. All right, thank you so much, Dick. Okay. Thanks, for, call. Nice Thanks for sticking Appreciate with your us. Call. He'll, he'll wait till the non-Bar Association callers. All right, one of our good listeners says, is Route 61 open? The answer is no. Route 61 not open at Paxinus at this time, blocked because of a crash that happened just before 5 a.m. State police still doing a very thorough investigation there as to what happened. Uh, it was listed initially as a pedestrian accident, so beyond that, we don't have any additional information yet. State police investigating, so we'll keep you posted about that, but Route 61 still listed as closed. All right, speedy dialers now, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at on the market. Colonel the Sanders was at the door. <laughs> was that who that was? I couldn't see who it was. Oh, now you're making me hungry. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Oh, we got our last caller of the day. Go ahead, Brett. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in from Sunbury. Hi, my brothers. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on Russia. Um, A lot of people don't understand something. Years back in World War II, Russia was the one country that took the worst beating 
of all countries in the World War II. When that happened, after the war, post-war, a lot of things happened where a lot of decisions were being made, and Russia kind of got left on the back shelf after the war. And they, they kind of like got a little bad taste in their mouth. What, I'd say not too many years ago, um, the world order, new world order type people put Germany in charge of the world banks and uh, they made Germany a focal point over there in, in, in that, that area. And that really put a bad taste in Russia's mouth because it was Germany who stomped all over Russia. Now, being that Russia has that bad taste in their mouth, they always felt like Kiev was their, uh, was their. All right, uh, Brett, slow, deliberative, yeah. thoughtful remarks don't fit at this point in the show, so call back tomorrow. We have open phones yeah, starting get, at 8.30. You'll be our first caller. Thanks, Brett. Sorry, yeah, th- we're out of time. Thank you. Take yep. care. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, to be continued tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. We'd love to hear from you. we got open phones scheduled tomorrow, and Senator Yaw going to be here on Friday. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.